welcome to Jollwood Month Club. I am your host, Diana Koch. On this episode, I am joined by a returning guest to discuss our favorite films of 2021. My guest is a frequent contributor to Jollo of the Month Club. He is a musician, filmmaker, and fellow podcaster. Welcome back to the podcast, Wade Brown. Hey, it's another year, another episode, another list that I agonized making for the past few days. Yeah, same. It's always like, ah, oh, this should be on there, this should be on there, this should be on there. This is an interesting year. A lot um, of stuff delayed again. Yeah, there's one movie that I did not put in my main list because it technically came out in 2019, and then it came out 2020, and then it came out 2021. So it's like, I didn't put it on my list, hmm. but I'll go through the honorable mention. Okay, okay. <clears throat> it was just one of those things like, I had to really pick and choose, I took technicalities out. Understood. All of the films on our list have either been released theatrically or on video on demand for rent. They do not include festival films that are not available to the general public. Yeah, we want you guys to be able to watch these movies, too. Correct. It's like how you do with the Oscar season. You know, you gotta binge those movies and watch these movies. But you could probably skip House of Gucci, just saying. But I know that Jared Leto is going to get it for playing Waluigi. So, you know. So, this year, 2021, I watched 312 movies. Hold on, I have my list. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That'll be really quick. I have watched 308. Nice. How many was yours again? 312. <sighs> I could probably watch four more movies by the end of the year. <laughs> by, the end of, by the time this is posted on December 31st. Yes. For my list, numbers 6 through 10 are interchangeable. Even my honorable mentions could slip into those positions depending on my mood. My top five is pretty solid. This year had a lot of standout. Had had some standouts and some that were good. I think a lot of the, the big ones are saving for late next year. Like Batman or the Northman and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. the Northman. North <clears throat> yeah. That's on my... We should have did a... What we're excited for. Yeah, we should have did a anticipation well, I, I list. The list. I know yours is Scream. I, you know. Yes, Scream. Two weeks from this recording. Yeah. New Scream. Scream 5, I refuse to call it Scream. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Yeah. New Scream or Scream 5. Ha- that's horror, the title. A horror uh, industry can you stop with this weird... Well, we're going to call it by the same name. Yeah, we'll see. Doesn't work. I'm very excited for it, but I, again, I have blocked Scream, hashtag Scream, Scream movie, every... That was me inspired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every possible combination of uh, social media I blocked. So, so far, no spoilers. I have a nice Entertainment Weekly magazine that is dedicated to Scream that I have not read anything because I don't want to be spoiled, but in two weeks I will read it. Yeah. Excited to do that. All right, Wade, are you ready to dive into our top ten? Yes. Do you want to go first? You go first. I think I go first last year, but you go first this okay, year. Okay, I'll go first this year. I'll do my number ten spot. You'll do your number ten spot. If the movie is somewhere on your list, we will wait until it shows up on your list to discuss it. <clears throat> exactly. Okay. Yep. All right, so number ten for me, Malignant. That's on my list already. Okay. Yeah. I will wait until uh, that pops up in your list. Okay, my right. number 10 is Riders of Justice. That is also on my <sighs> list. We're just not ever going to discuss it. <laughs> so number nine, Suicide Squad. It's on my list as well. James Gunn, Suicide Squad. It's on my list as well. All right, we'll come back to it. <laughs> Wade, what was your number nine? Uh, my number nine was Titan. 
Okay, that's on your list? It's not on my list. It's on uh, my honorable mentions. Yes. It's a movie that, I mean, I, I don't really, can't really talk much about the movie. From the director of Raw, which I really loved. I've not seen Raw. Raw's very um, good. But it's a movie that's just like, it's a movie I will never ever see. I'll never see a movie like this. Correct. <clears throat> it's so weird. Like the whole people say, oh, it involves having sex with like automobile. That is just a small fraction. Correct. Of what happens. A lot of weird stuff. There's a lot of like gay undertones to yeah. it with the fireman stuff. There's also like loss and acceptance and uh, nurture versus nature, stuff like that. A lot of cool things like that. Uh, also great visuals. I mean, great, great lore. Good music. Good music. Really good music. Uh, I, um... Oh, also, we are keeping this episode spoiler-free. Yes, I'm So, trying. by saying sexual intercourse with a car, that is not a spoiler that should entice you to want to see Titan. Yes. That's literally, like, the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. And it's what, it's what, it's what most people have been saying about this movie. And I wrote uh, in my notes here, it is, uh, it's truly what Fast and the Furious is all about. <laughs> Family and cars. Family and cars. Yes, that's the Fast and Furious way. <laughs> was there a new Fast and Furious movie this year? Yes. Okay, I've not seen it yet. Yes, there was. Because I saw it was two and a half hours. Like, mm, yeah, there was. Number eight for me is The Beta Test. I don't even know what that is. Oh, no. Never heard of this. All right. Directed by Jim Cummings and PJ McCabe, the beta test follows a married Hollywood agent who receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, murder, and infidelity. It's a thriller, a black comedy. I love Jim Cummings. You would recognize him as the cop who gets killed in the flashbacks in the new Halloween movie. Oh, that guy. Halloween Kills. And the new Halloween Kills, he had a surprise cameo, and if you're, like, a fan of him, and you don't know he's in the movie, you're gonna lose your shit when you see he's in the movie. I remember um, it was, like, Letterboxd for a few years. We live in Jim Cummings' world. Yeah, like that. yeah, it's Jim Cummings' world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> my number eight is Nobody. I saw that, but it was not on my list. Uh, Nobody. I rewatched it today, because this was actually a movie that was, like, Maybe an honorable mention, may not be, I don't know. And I rewatched it and I was like, this movie is fun. It's not the greatest movie of all time. It's not the most original. Mm-mm. They do steal stuff from John Wick, um, like burning money, stuff like that. Uh, there's also an animal involved at some point. Uh, not as severe as John Wick's was. I actually love the film grain on this one. It looks really, I did watch the, the 4K today. And it looks great. Like, the, the, I love the grain. It's also the bus stop. The bus fights. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And also, I'll say it's a pretty damn good structured film. Like, mm-hmm. the bus happens 30-minute mark. Then the big action stuff happens at the 55-minute mark. So it's, like, really, for a 90-minute movie, it's, like, the acts are well-structured. So Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one when I watched also, it. Bob Odenkirk is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad he's feeling better. Oh my gosh, speaking of Halloween Kills, Bob Odenkirk has a little guest appearance in Halloween Kills as well. He does. He's Bob's high school photo. Yeah. Uh, also, Christopher Lloyd holding a, a firearm is great. Yeah. Uh, and Rizzo's in it. Yes. Yes. So it's like, come on. Nobody. Nobody, There's yes. also a cat alert in the beginning. There's a cat, a little kitten. I like it. Wouldn't be a Jollof Month Club episode without a cute cat. Oh, yes. 
My number seven is Riders of Justice. Okay, let's talk about Riders of Justice. Available on Hulu. Yes, it's on Hulu. It, it is foreign. It is in... Da- it's Danish. It's Danish, yes. Yep. Uh, it's got Mads. Uh, yes, it has Mads. Mads Mikkelsen. He's the best. He was on our list last year of another round. Yeah, and he was probably on my list the year Rogue One came out. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just... Something. It's actually a last minute watch. I watched it a couple days ago on my binges, and it stood out to me as like kind of like it's it is a revenge thriller, but it also is kind of like deconstructing it a little bit. Basically saying these people need therapy. Yeah, one of my main takeaways of that film is that therapy is good. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of heartwarming moments. It has a lot of comedic moments. It is brutal and bloody. Very much a range of emotions in this film. It was directed by Anders Thomas Jensen. It follows Mads Mikkelsen's character, who is named Marcus. Marcus returns home to care for his daughter when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, very. this happens early on in the film. It's very surprising. Um, this is not a spoiler because this is the setup for everything that happens after. However, when a survivor of the wreck surfaces and claims foul play, Marcus suspects his wife was murdered and embarks on a mission to find those who are responsible. Yeah, and foolish decisions are made. It's interesting because it's a really weird tone movie. Mm-hmm. Very weird tone. It's like, there's some silly heartwarming moments, but there's also some really depressing, brutal things. Yes. Um, really, it's about grief. Like, a lot about grief. Grief, yeah. acceptance, family. Go see the movie. Riders of Justice on Hulu, now streaming. Number seven is, I think, the only animated film on this on this list. Uh, the Mitchells vs. the Machines. Never even heard of that. It's on Netflix. It is th- it is by the Lord and Miller, uh, who did Lego Movie and stuff like that. Uh, stars Abby Jacobson from Broad Broad City. Okay. Uh, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph. Basically from the studio did Into the Spider-Verse as well. This movie is extremely charming and cute. It feels fresh and literally uses every color in the history of colors. Uh, humor lands most of the time. There's some jokes that don't. It's like the Goofy movie. You've seen the Goofy movie, yeah. right? It's like the Goofy movie meets the robot apocalypse. Huh. Uh, and also has the best use of Furbies for... Because <laughs> basically it's, this basically means like anything that's controlled by... The, let's just say it's Apple. Uh, all of a sudden the robots go rogue. So if you have a phone... It goes rogue on it. If you have like a refrigerator, a smart refrigerator, it goes rogue on you. Mm-hmm. They have Furbies that go rogue. And it's the most haunting thing ever. Uh, it's super fun. It is a little, I do think it's a little long, but it's so much fun. You don't want to notice it. Uh, Mitchell's versus the machines. I think you'll like it. It's got energy. It's got everything you need. It's a good, wholesome family movie outside of the Disney spectrum. I will add that to my watch list. I didn't even know that existed. It came out a couple months ago, I think. It's on Netflix. Yes. Number six, Dune. Not on my list. Not on your list. Okay. I'll be real with you. I'm just not really big on the Dune story. It was an honorable mention for me. Okay. But it's just one of those things, like, I just don't, I think Paul Atreides is just kind of like a bland character. <laughs> so, you know me well, and you know that I love the Dune story. Yeah. And you know, you lo- I love a Chalamet. <laughs> I just don't like Messiah, the the chosen one yeah. story. Dune follows a brilliant and gifted young man who was born into a great destiny beyond his understanding. He must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. Music by Hans Zimmer. And it's actually music. Yeah. It's not and brr. it's really um 
wonderful because Hans invented something called a score just for this movie. Whoa! Yeah. Best score ever. It's amazing. I need the score on vinyl and a CD and on my phone right this moment. I think it's a good adaptation of Dune. Compared to, like, David Lynch, it's just going to do weird, yeah. weird stuff. Would you watch the second one, though? Yes. No, I didn't hate Dune. Yeah. It's definitely, if I had a top 20, it's in the top 20. Because it's a more, it's a spectacle for me. Maybe also doesn't help that they split into two. Because yeah. it kind of, like, just like, oh, that's the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love the costuming. Mm-hmm. The cast was great. You know, I love the Oscar Isaac anything. Duncan freaking Idaho. Yes. Played by... <laughs> Jason Momoa, that character in the original did not have much of a thing, but he he stole the show. Yeah. Also, Skarsgård. Yes, <laughs> Skarsgård. You know, I was very happy with the adaptation. No, yeah, I, I think after being pushed and delayed and I had such high expectations being a fan of the books, I was just very happy and I left the theater smiling and I am obsessed with that score. You saw in the theater. I didn't see in the theaters. That might have affected my watching. Possibly. Um, but I will say, because I'm watching it on a very comfy couch. I was kind of feeling a little sleepy. <laughs> but it's also Denis Villeneuve, and Denis Villeneuve, he does no wrong. So I do love his smaller scale stuff, but I think he did well with this being also, such a large scale. I think Blade Runner 2049 was in my top mm-hmm. like, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, that movie was fantastic. Sure was. Uh, number six for you, Wade. Probably not on your list. Last Night in Soho. It was not on my list, but tell me what you liked about it. I know you're not really a big fan of the movie. Um, <laughs> Again, we just had this talk uh, before we started recording about a Lime. film that had a first draft script turn out to be the movie, and that's how I felt with Last Night in Soho. I okay. felt like it was like a first draft script. I loved by what I thought. I love the look and execution behind behind the camera. Yeah, I thought the it was kind of seamless when they go into different era stuff like mm-hmm. that. I thought um, what's her name? Uh, T- Tomasin McKenzie. That's her name. Uh, the main the main character. Mm-hmm. I thought she did pretty good. It didn't rely on jump scares a lot. It had a lot. It just wanted to sink into your skin of creeping people and the sixties nostalgia. Uh-huh. Edgar does sneak in some Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, Happy House. All right, I did like that scene. Yeah, during a Halloween party, they play Happy House. That's yeah. my aesthetic. But the film isn't perfect. I do think the last act gets a little messy with the narrative and the motive. Uh, and also, we mentioned it, we were talking about this when we, before we recorded Amsterdam last month. Mm-hmm. The John character, the love interest love character, interest. falls completely flat. Yeah. You could take it out of the movie and not need it. I guess you need it for, like, scenes to save certain people out of yeah, scenes. Yeah, we could have did without a love interest. He could have just been a friend. Yeah. Truly. It, 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 um, I and I think Anya Taylor-Joy is such a phenomenal actress and I think she was underused. I mean, I get that she wasn't the lead in this, so that's why. But I just think she existed in her scenes. I don't think she had much to do in her scenes. So it's like, it's not Edgar, it's not Shaun of the Dead. No. But it's, I think, the, aside from the last act being a little messy, I think overall it's, this doesn't stick the landing. But I think everything visually is great. Last Night in Soho is uh, my number six. Here we are. Top five. This is this is the nitty gritty for me. This one was yeah. like these were the ones like these are my top five. They're not moving. My number five favorite film, twenty twenty one, Zola. Don't even know what that is. So it's an A twenty four film based on a legendary Twitter thread. 
Okay. Directed by Janessa Bravo. It stars Taylor Page and Riley Keough. Zola is a Detroit waitress who is seduced into a weekend of stripping in Florida for some quick cash. But the trip becomes a sleepless 48-hour odyssey involving a nefarious friend, her pimp, and her idiot boyfriend. So it is like high energy of uncut gems, grossness of good times. Okay. Very icky, sleazy. Okay. Not not gross like society. No. Uh, no, I wouldn't say gross about slimy. So it's based in reality. They're going to strip at these clubs. But it ends up getting into like prostitution and drug dealing and drug doing. It goes off the rails and it's disgusting. So it's like a, a Safety Brother movie. A little bit. Because didn't, didn't they do Good Times? They, 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 did, they did do Good Times. They did, did Good I, Times and they did Uncut yeah. Gems. So I did not mean to do two back-to-back. So stressful Safties. movie. Uh, yes, and it's reality. It's based on reality. I think there was a Rolling Stone article about this Twitter thread and what went down and like the real story. And like this movie is the real story. There's a bunch of needle drops that happen. There's one that happens right before the third act that literally I cackled so loud and like almost fell off my sofa. The comedy's there, but it's also like, this is real. And it's this woman, Zola, is put into this situation that she can't get out of because there's like a pimp and he's being very controlling and saying he's going to kill her. One of the opening scenes, there's exposition using urine. The two characters, Zola and Stephanie, they're both using a restroom stalls next to each other. And there's an overhead shot where you can see that Zola's character is squatting over the toilet. She pees. It's very like a light colored pee. So you can tell she's like very hydrated and clean. Then you also see Stephanie's overhead where she's just sitting bare butt on the seat. Her pee is brown it's disgusting get a vibe of oh this bitch is dirty she needs to drink some water yes she needs to get some water and maybe not sleep with men for money because she probably has a bunch of stds and also sit in a dirty yes yes it's very smart the lead actress taylor page she's great riley keogh plays white trash dirty I'm looking Stripper at, I'm looking so at, well. I'm looking at screenshots, white trash, I can see it. Zola is my number five favorite film of the year. My number five is, we can talk about it. I don't know how much we can talk about it. Malignant. Malignant! I mean, we had a whole episode dedicated to it. What else could we say about it? Gabriel Hive, activate! Uh, it, <laughs> it should, <laughs> the fact that James Wan released this schlock... On big budget, like HBO's like, okay, we're gonna put it, let's give it a theater, but it's also gonna be HBO Max, a big release. And he put that prison scene. B movie. Okay. <laughs> so despite being number ten on my list, truly this was the year of malignant. I'll say my list to rewrite every year, this is my top ten favorite films. Not the best films. No, no, it's our so, favorites. Malignant I have watched multiple times and I have so many, just, I, I, every time is fun. Yeah, it's and, an experience, and I have recommended this movie to so many people because, yes, it's an experience. The prison cell scenes, they flip the tone on a dime. So if you haven't seen Malignant and you have no idea what it's about, this is the rundown. 
Paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, a woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying realities. If you watch the movie and you want to know our deeper thoughts, go check out Jaw the Monkey Club episode of Malignant. Yes. Also, check out my interview with director James Wan if you want a deeper peek into the mind behind (laughs) Malignant. Amazing. Number four. Number four, I don't think you saw this one. The worst person in the world. No, but I've heard it's been on like a lot of top people's lists. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be an Oscar contender for foreign film. It is Norwegian, directed by Joheim Trier. Romance drama, you know, as a 30-something woman, it's very relatable and real. The worst person in the world follows a young woman who battles indecisiveness as she oh. traverses the troubled waters of her love life and struggles to find her career path. I need to watch this because I have indecisiveness is my biggest problem. <laughs> um, and it follows her over four years of her life. Four separate years. She's in different relationships. She's, you know, in college when you first meet her. And then she's switching majors. And she can't decide if she wants kids or doesn't want kids. And then there's characters that come back into her life. Very, very real. So, number four, worst person in the world. Is it available anywhere? It is not available yet. But you can see it in theaters on February 4th next year. Hell yeah. Number four for you. Number four for me is, I don't think you've seen it yet. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I have not seen it yet. Don't worry, it's not, I'm not going to do spoilers. I'm not one of those people. It's a two and a half hour movie that doesn't feel like two and a half hours. It flies, it swings by. <laughs> uh, as a Spidey fan, this is a love letter to the past 20 years of Spider-Man films and even the comics, sorts. Uh, it was a Marvel movie that felt like it had real gravity and consequences with Peter Parker. Like, if you look at, like, a lot of other, other, other Marvel movies, like, Black Widow. There's no consequence. It just feels like it's just not. Yeah, like whole cities can get destroyed and nothing comes up. This one feels (laughs) consequence for Peter Parker's life in general, uh, but it also takes the time to redeem the past uh, and still push the story forward because Jamie Foxx is in this. Yeah. He's not blue. Willem Willem Dafoe doesn't wear the mask. I definitely, you know, I love Willem Dafoe. I definitely want to see it. It just came out what, two weeks ago? Yeah, and also it's been selling out places. Um, yes. I was going to see it over my Christmas vacation, and then it just was a two and a half hour movie, and it just didn't end up happening. But it's on my list, and I am happy to hear the good praise from you. I, I teared up. I laughed a lot. Uh, but I will say, if you have not seen it, you're going to see it in the theater. Just see the first post credit scene. Uh, the second post credit scene is a trailer for the Doctor Strange movie, which is on YouTube right now. So you don't have to sit through the entire thing. Good to know. Yeah. Well, unless you want to just support the people, but <laughs> the thousands and millions of people that are in this special thing. Yeah. And so that's my number four, Spider-Man No Way Home. My number three is Bo Burnham's Inside. That's a special honorable mention. Okay, tonight. awesome. So this is a comedy special that you can watch on Netflix. And a musical. It's a lot of it. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Comedian Bo Burnham shoots and performs a comedy special over the course of a year during quarantine, all alone with no crew or audience. Written, directed, filmed, edited, and performed by comedian Bo Burnham. He was in my favorite film of the year last year. Promising Young Woman. A Promising Young Woman. Mm -hmm. And I had never really been a big fan of his until that movie. And then I kind of... You, You got it. Yeah, and then I got it after that movie. I was like, okay, I think I like this guy. 
Bo Barnum Inside, I love the songs. I love the direction. It's so catchy. I was singing all the songs for days after watching it. I've watched it like three times. It's all over TikTok, too. I might watch it again uh, after this episode is done recording. It's, (laughs) It's a deep movie. Yeah. As well. It really hits what everyone's been feeling with the pandemic yes. and just in life, especially for like 30 something millennials. I think it's Ooh. one of the better pandemic films. I mean, it's not an analogy for anything, it's just someone dealing with it. Dealing with it in a comedic but dark way, uh, as Bo Burnham is known for. Number three, Bo Burnham's Inside, which you can stream on Netflix right now. Yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, a movie that came out earlier this year. It's on Hulu right now called Censor. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's by uh, Prano Bailey Bond. I believe it's her first film. This movie's been getting a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah. This one hit for me. I don't know. It's it's like Videodrome meets David Lynch. It's It's like... I saw it at a festival earlier this year. I think it was Sundance. Probably. It, it's visually great. Like, it's, you know, it's it has, it. it's like a throwback vibe. It's, it's about the video nasties or whatever, mm-hmm. which I don't know much about because I'm not from England, so I don't know much. Yeah. I know this, I know what they are, but like, this is about this critic, the censor. It's not a critic, but like, <laughs> it's like a film censor. They do a lot of stuff. Yeah, she decides what rating a film gets yes. or if it needs to be cut in order to get like an R rating versus NC-17. she delves into madness and they change aspect ratios a lot. Like it's four by three. It's like, you know, video, it's VHS style. Um, it's just got great performance by the main actress. Um, I will say, I mean, the light, not just the, the effects, but like the lighting is great. The color grading is great. The, the grain is great, but also the last... The last few minutes in the car is tattooed in my brain, but the glitching mm-hmm. gives me goosebumps. It gives yeah. me like, it gives me like, I feel unsettled. Like it's, it's a film and it's also less than 90 minutes. It goes by. I need to watch that again. You said it was on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Awesome. Uh, I rewatched it a couple nights ago. Still holds up. Um, so Sensor is my number three. All right. I'm not sure if you're talking about this one. In the beginning of the episode, but my number two favorite film of 2021, which I originally saw on the festival circuit in 2019, I saw it at Fantastic Fest, and then A24 dumped it onto Hulu this year, is St. Maud. That was it. I didn't put it on there because I didn't know about technicalities. Technically, it was released in 2021. I made sure I went back and saw okay. the timeline of when everything happened. I watched it two days ago. I finally got yeah. to see it, and boy, you hyped this up since 2019. It it it, it deserves it. <laughs> Directed by Rose Glass, Maud is a reclusive young nurse whose impressionable demeanor causes her to pursue a virtuous path of Christian devotion after an obscure trauma. Now charged with the hospice care of Amanda, a retired dancer ravaged by cancer, Maud's faith quickly inspires an obsessive conviction that she must save her ward's soul from eternal damnation, whatever the cost. Yeah, she's also a type of person, like, her penance, she penance herself. Of, yes. Like, mm-hmm. Real, great performance by her. Great, our lead actress is great. Again, I love the cinematography, I love the setting of the house, I loved all of the outdoor shots, especially like the beat shots. I'm obsessed with the sound design in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I first saw it at Fantastic Fest, obviously I saw it in a movie theater. 
the acoustics and the little sounds and the little creaking and the sound and gosh, just a great, great film that I have recommended to everyone. And I was so excited that it finally came out. State Maud, you can watch on Hulu. You can also watch it on Paramount+. Plus. That's my number two favorite film of the year. Yeah, it's a slow burn, but it rewards you. Yeah. That ending is another... The ending of that, along with Censor, is where, like, it's like a misleading ending. Yeah. Crap. That could be a good double feature. Censor and... Oh, yes. And St. Maud. Yes, yes. So and I'm, they're both female-led. So my number three and your number two. Uh, it's a good double feature. My number two is The Suicide Squad. Ooh! That was, my, that was my number nine. Yeah, um, I love this film. It's James Gunn. He knows how to write. He knows how to write ragtag groups of oddities and losers. And that's another movie that has like a kind of a fake out. Oh, yes. <laughs> that beginning is. I don't think that's a spoiler, just because if you know James Gunn and you know like this ragtag group of people, like you're like, uh, are we really going to follow these people for the entire I'll just time? Say, in the first five minutes, they kill half the Suicide Squad, the announced Suicide Squad. Amazing. And it's just fantastic. It's got great. Action, it's rated R. Yeah. So it's, oh boy. So the government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world. It's like Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, some others, to a remote enemy infused island. And then they're armed with high tech weapons and they go through like the dangerous jungle on a search and destroy mission that only my least favorite person ever, Rick Flag, can make them behave. But you know what? I don't like Joel Kinnaman much. I do not care for Joel Kinnaman. I, I no, I don't either. But in this film, yes, he's good. It works in this. It works in this film. Yes, Altered Carbon <laughs> could have been so much greater if you didn't have him. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like hard R, good action, good comedy. I love what they did with Harley Quinn. I always felt that in the other films, not Birds of Prey, because I love yeah. Birds of Prey. The other film she was written, it's not written properly. Yeah. Like, she didn't have her place, and I think she really had her place in this movie. I think James Gunn knows how to write a woman. Yeah. I don't think David Ayer can, but I think he knows how to write a woman. Yeah. It's funny, smart, exciting. Uh, Idris Elba and Margot are great in the roles, but, like, you get, like, the earnestness of, like, Ratcatcher 2, or the overall character of John Cena's Peacemaker, who's getting his own show. Yes! Um... Polka Dock Man is fantastic. Yeah. But it has, like, especially near the end, with a big, and it's also a big climatic battle that's earned. Like, unlike, mm-hmm. you know, you watch, like, Wonder Woman, and they have, like, Ares shows up, and he's like, it's not earned, it just happens. This one's like, it just builds and builds and builds and builds, and then you finally get to the holy crap fight at the end, and it has a very heartfelt moment that stuff with mm-hmm. the, the rats. Yeah. With, like, the, the music yeah. swell. So good. That's another also, one I want to watch again. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. I've watched it, rewatched it recently, and it still freaking holds up. Yeah. I love, I do think it's a little long. That's what holds me from making it a perfect movie, but like, I think it's just lovely. James Gunn, yes. Yeah, Suicide Squad 2021. Yeah. Big fan of that one. All right, number one. Man, number one. This is. To me, it wasn't hard. This wasn't hard for me either, because once I saw this film, I was like, oh yeah, that's my number one favorite movie of the year. I don't know which one it is. I feel like I know which one it is. It's between two, I think. Can I take a guess? Okay, go ahead and guess. Is it Spencer? It's Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Only because I've made it my entire personality since I've seen it. I have not seen it yet, but it's been on my list to watch. I've heard, my mom gave it a review, she said it was awful. 
then I said, "My mom also loves like the Medea movies." Yeah, and, she like, thinks Medea, Professor. She, she thinks the Medea movies are genius, genius shows. She calls movies shows. Well, if you're listening, to this, Mom, I love you. We love <clears throat> you, but also Spencer is for big brains. Okay, to put the put in context, she didn't know that Princess Di had a lot of his mental issues. Yeah, she just assumed that she's a princess, anyone. Good. Yeah, she's a princess. Anyone in the public yeah. eye is, is sane and doesn't need therapy. Which again, we're advocating for therapy on Doll of the Month Club. Yes, go therapy. Yeah, and I have not seen a film that weaves genre so seamlessly as Spencer. It's part biography with the Princess Diana, you know, figure. I would say character, really, because then it's also part dark fairy tale. So when I was watching this movie, I was the opposite of how your mom was. I was not thinking, <laughs> oh, this is this is a biography of Princess Diana, and this yeah. has to be exactly accurate. And I don't like those kind of movies. I yeah. like ones where they blur the lines a little bit. So when I was watching this, I was entranced by this character of Princess Diana and the, the family and her inner torment. I really just loved how it went into like the fairy tale aspect. It was like Alice in Wonderland. I don't know. I just, I loved so many things about this movie. Again, I'll say cinematography was beautiful. I loved the outfits. The costume design was amazing. And I want to add it to my annual Christmas movie list because it's set during Christmas. So I'm going to watch it every December now. And also a Kristen Stewart stand. Yeah, I, I love myself some Kristen Stewart. And I did not see Kristen Stewart in this role. I've had some friends that were afraid to watch this movie because they could not separate the Kristen Stewart actress from the Princess Diana character or figure. And I did not have that problem, which I thought I would, being such a fan of hers. I thought I'd be like, oh, I see, this is just Kristen Stewart. But I really, you know, just saw the story and the beautifulness and the the deepness of it. The movie talks about the marriage between Princess Diana and Prince Charles that has grown cold. There's rumors of affairs and a divorce happening. Princess Diana goes to the family estate for, like, one last Christmas festivity week. There's eating and drinking and shooting and hunting. Her boys are there. Diana knows the game, but this year things are very different because she's had enough. She wants to release herself from the clutches that (laughs) the prince and his family have on her. And yes, loved it. Spencer, that's my number one film. It was directed by Pablo Lorraine, who also directed Jackie, which I was not a huge fan of because I thought that that was a little too on the nose for Jackie Kennedy. Um, he also directed Emma and the Club, which are two other good movies. Maybe after Jackie, he learned to like, let's not do that straightforward biopic. Mm-hmm. Let's do some weird mm-hmm. stuff. I think he's better for it, for sure. All right, Wade, what's your number one? You want to take a guess of mine? It's also a Christmas movie. My mind is blanking right now, so <laughs> what is your number one? Home Sweet Home Alone. Psych, it's The Green Knight. Ah! Yeah, by David Lowry, starring Dev Patel. Okay. To me, this movie, like, when I saw it in the theater, nothing, it was like, it's the movie that completely was just like, I'm in another world. Like, this is like, I have not seen Spencer, but like, it's one of those things, like, it felt like it was a step up, like Dune was. It feels like it's a step up yeah. in cinematography, the step up in, just like, I don't know, have you seen The Green Knight? Wait, uh, we saw The Green Knight together. Oh yeah, we had a discussion <laughs> about the sash. Um, I like the visuals, and Dev Patel was great. Yeah, the sash scene 
Mm. Okay. Yes. The second, Carry on. <laughs> on a second rewatch, I watched it on Christmas Eve. Like, I loved it a lot. I think I liked it more on a second watch, knowing what I know. You're looking at things. Like, it. what I like about David Lowry, he does not hold your hand mm-hmm. with themes or the story. You just go on the journey with, with uh, Gawain. Yeah. It's like the search of honor is an odyssey. It's basically about the what makes honor of a knight. And he goes through these trials, and he doesn't do well in these trials. Uh has a great ending. It's just so intricate, and just like the scene where he's looking at the giants. Yeah. And he's holding up that, it's the, it's the main picture of him holding up that axe with that fox. With the fox. Okay. I best like the use, fox. Best use of a fox since Antichrist and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, yes! Okay, yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd put it in, into that category. It just has so many great things. Uh, who plays the, the Lord? Joel okay. Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. He's great in this. Yeah, I, uh, I like him. Everyone's great. You know, the kings of the round table. Basically, if you like Arthurian uh, myth or tales... If you like Excalibur and, you know, I would definitely watch the Excalibur movie. That thing has, has, thing has a young Patrick Stewart in it. I would definitely watch Excalibur with this. Um, so, yeah, The Green Knight, I mean, just, it's been in my head for months. It came out like March. It's still, still like, it's my top, it's my top, it's my top. And it just, it stayed there. So, The Green Knight, both, both our movies are Christmas movies. Tis the season. Yeah. Along the way, we have mentioned a few honorable mentions, but do you have any standouts that didn't quite make your top ten list? Okay, um, here's one that I thought was going to be on your list. Yep. Uh, was Godzilla vs. Kong. It absolutely is on my honorable mentions list. Yeah, that was one that was like, uh, it's going to be on your list. That might have, I might have watched that movie more times than other films. And I will find that out when my letterboxed year-end rap yeah. comes out. But I think Godzilla vs. Kong is the movie that I watched the most this year. Nightmare Alley, that was good. It didn't, it did not, it didn't, it was something missing in that film that just did not push it. It was good, not great. Uh, Bradley Cooper should really check out his lungs, because that dude smoked a lot in that film. Yeah. It's just, I feel like, I like the last half where it's all noir yep. and it's all like, but it's like the carny stuff. It's, like, it's very long. I think it you, takes a while to get there. Can you pick, Guillermo, I love you, Guillermo del Toro, but can you pick a theme? Is it the carnies or is it the weird noir stuff? Pick. I watched this recently. I watched this over Christmas break and I had been wanting to see it all year. Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. The Anthony Bourdain documentary. Very good. I was a big fan of Anthony Bourdain prior to him passing. Um, and of course, I'm still a fan of all of everything that he's left behind, but I thought that was a great look at his life, and it was very real, and uh, yeah, I would recommend, if you're at all a fan of Anthony Bourdain, watch Roadrunner. I mean, there's other, like... Pig. Pig was on mine, which you can watch on Hulu. I didn't love Pig. I liked Pig. I thought Nicolas Cage, I thought his performance was great. I love the use of food. I'm always a big, big fan of movies that incorporate food into the storyline, and I, I really like that aspect. The Fear Street trilogy. I put that under my honorable mentions for shows because I wasn't really quite sure where that fell. It's, it's, fell a, trilogy, upon. it's a trilogy of movies. Okay. Fear Street trilogy, that was under like my horror honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I had one more... That is not a show and isn't a horror honorable mention. It's actually very far from that genre. Luca. 
I've not seen Luca. Luca is so cute. It's on Disney Plus. It's one of the newer um, animated films from Disney. I've not seen any of it. It's Disney. really cute. It's like an animated Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. <laughs> Red Rocket. Okay. Have you seen that one yet? I watched it recently. I did not like it as much as Florida Project, but I no no no. I think it could grow on me, but I don't know if I would ever like it more than Florida Project. I mean, it does have. It does hang dong, or this dude hangs dong. Yeah, but the thing is, it's very obviously fake. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> uh, but you, I think you cannot deny one of the best needle drops of insane. Oh yes, yes. It, the constant use of bye 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 in yeah. that film made me very happy. I, I am kind of tired of this. I, I get the point of the grooming thing, mm-hmm. but licorice pizza does it too. Can we start with the underage like relationship thing? Can we just stop with that? Yeah. Well, didn't he say that Seventeen is not underage in the movie? It's yeah. very icky. I'm not condoning this. Yeah. But I think he said it's technically, Texas. Technically, most yeah. places are 16. But, yeah. like, Licorice Pizza seemed like an older woman with a younger guy that's still in high school. I don't know. Yeah. I get it. Like, I get uh, it. Yeah, stop? I would rec- If you were a fan of Sean Baker films, I would recommend Red Rocket. I would say Sean Baker knows... How to film real people like that guy, what, Lonnie? Lonnie. We all have seen someone named that's like Lonnie. <laughs> We've all seen that person. Stolen Valor. But it, it, it ain't, it ain't, like, it ain't Florida Project level. That's why it's not even close to my list. But I wanted to point out there because it's well made. Two shows that I would recommend are WandaVision on mm-hmm. Disney Plus mm-hmm. and Midnight Mass, which is on Netflix. I have not seen Midnight Mass yet. I like Midnight Mass a lot. You might like it. Um, it has a lot of religious. Not even undertones. It's just, like, in your face. Yeah. Uh, Loki. You're talking about uh, WandaVision. As someone who does not even care about Loki. I, I think like... um, Doctor Who fans would really yes. like Loki. I try to tell Scott, like, yeah. you're a big Doctor Who fan. Scott from Mickey Dish Productions. I keep telling him, like, you'll like this because it's very Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, Owen Wilson's nose is still very weird looking. <laughs> but I think Loki has, has a little heartfelt... Also has, um, kind of a spoiler, but it's been out for so long. Kane the Conqueror, played by, I forget his name. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, like, so good. I hope Jonathan Majors is Kang for the other iterations yeah. of yeah. his character. Because uh, he's a time-traveling character, so he can show up anytime. time. Uh, WandaVision, like you said, WandaVision, definitely. I love WandaVision 100% so much. Uh, also, Cowboy Bebop, I said it. Uh, I don't care. Uh... I don't care. Uh, but okay, the most bad. I haven't watched it yet, and I. It's not as good as the original, but if you go in there thinking it's as good as the original and it wasn't Americanized, that's a you problem. <laughs> it, they, they Americanize it by giving it like a long arching story with jewelry and vicious, and it's like, what? A, it's it's cute. It's mm-hmm. not great. It should have been canceled. Uh, Sweet Tooth. Mm. Love Sweet Tooth. They make changes to the comic source material, but it works for the show, and it's adorable. Very magical. Um, when it comes to music, I have two things. The Sparks Brothers documentary. It's on Netflix by Edgar Wright. I don't know anything about Sparks. I want to watch that. I don't know anything about Sparks. But it made me interested. And like, they're just weirdo. They're just weird <laughs> brothers that just make music and they never change who they are. And that's great. Uh, and the last thing is, uh, I mean, I talked about Beatles Get Back, but I think McCartney 321 on, on Hulu, much better. It's basically him. And Rick Rubin, and you're just talking about writing music. Here's how I wrote this little diddly. That's it. It's just them in the room talking. They didn't talk about, oh, well, how was John Lennon when the breakup happened? It's not that. It was just them talking about how, just showing like, oh, Paul McCartney, we get it. You're a musical genius. We got it, bro. 
But it's super nice. It's like three episodes. I mean, I did watch Curb. Always Sunny is great. The Dexter New Blood, it's getting better. I think it's, I think it's, this is the last week as we're recording, but like, I like Dexter New Blood. It does, definitely redeems the last season. But yeah, like, I, I just, like, a lot of shows I want to watch. Like, I'm going to start Ted Lasso. January, January and February are always when I'm catching up on shows. Yeah, Ted Lasso, I got to catch up. I, I did not watch any of where we, what we did in the shadows part of season mm-hmm. three. I didn't watch, uh, just a lot I have to catch up on. I, Wheel of Time right here is bringing in some good stuff. Like the new Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a few horror honorable mentions ooh. just around out the episode. Uh, the Night House. I've not seen it. It was on my list to watch, but I didn't see it. That's very atmospheric. The ending is a little, little on the nose, but I liked it. I thought that it, it, it was very effective. The new Slumber Party Massacre. I had right. a lot of fun with that. M. Night Shyamalan's Old. I've not seen it. Christy, so it Christy is, wants to see Old. I have not seen Old yet. It's garbage, but it is entertaining garbage. <laughs> It has a classic, like, M. Night Shyamalan WTF ending. Again, to go along with, like, Malignant, if you're looking for an experience, watch Old. And then this last film is was one of my favorite films of the year, but it's... Oh, man. It's, it's not good. It's so cheesy, and it reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of Twilight Zone, but it's Shadow in the Cloud with Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, I've heard. I've seen pictures, posters. Yes. It's available on Canopy, Hoopla, and Hulu. Do yourself a favor and watch Shadow in the Cloud. And uh, circle back with me and let me know your thoughts. Because I love that movie. I do have two honorable mentions. I forgot. This one's just silly schlock. Venom 2. Mmm. It's not, I mean, Shang-Chi, you probably include Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was fun. Yeah. Uh, But this one was just, it's, it's, if you've seen Venom 1, it's Venom 2. It's just, except now you have Woody Harrelson, uh, hamming it up. Better than Morbius. Oh yeah, Morbius looks horrendous. <laughs> also, last one. You didn't really love the movie as much, but I saw it's also available on like other streaming services. It's available now. Coming Home in the Dark. Mm, that's a downer. I'm so it's glad a... we're ending this episode with the most downer oh, movie. Oh, I'll get you in better, a more happy <laughs> one. It's a downer movie. Um, the ending, the last half, the last act gets a little messy. That's what kind of loses me. It's a, I think it's based off a short film, a short story or a short film, and that's why I've noticed short films tend to use a little steam. Yeah, um, but we're ending on a good note. Uh, <laughs> Please, Werewolves Within was cool, was fun. Oh God, I didn't like that movie either. Uh, Mortal Kombat. There you go, the new Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> okay, that was. That was what it was. It was. It was fine. Uh, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Not Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's wife. Yes, let's end on Jacob's wife, Barbara Crampton. Wade, do you have anything that you would like to plug or promote while I have you on this episode? Of course, of course I do. Um, Instagram is Suede Guy. The letterbox is Suede MCP. Give me that follow so we can talk about movies or you can see what I rate and I can see what you rate stuff on Minkendish Productions. That's Minkendish Productions on Instagram. The short film is coming out at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm aiming for early 2022. Finally, Tales from the Pod Crypt is coming back. Coming back next year, I'm already kind of planning it, so it's going to happen. Tales from Podcrypt on Instagram, just that, one word. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Diana NK. 
You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. 2022 will be a lot more Jollo content, a lot more in-depth episodes. I am putting festival coverage on the back burner for 2022. I covered two festivals in 2021 as press, Fantasia International Film Festival and Fantastic Fest, and I really enjoyed my experience. But I also like just watching movies for the fun of it. So 2022 will be about friends, family, mental health, physical health, and Jallo. Because Jallo is really good for your physical health. Not Jello, Jallo. Not Jello. Yes. Logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Vegan Patches Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Jallo Month Club's theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. Wade, thank you again for being here. I love our annual year-end episodes. So They're so fun. fun. So I decided. It's fun just going back and thinking about all the movies that we watched, good or bad. But I have a feeling 2022, there's going to be a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, like I'm excited. Next year is going to be even tougher, I think. Yes. Our list is, you're going to hear, you're going to see us just rip our hair out. And there are a lot of films that I watched in 2021 that are festival films that will be coming out next year. Yeah. So it's like already like 10 movies I can think of that I really like. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, who I knows? Don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Jolla the Month Club. I hope that you have a safe and healthy new year. As always, I'm your host, Diana. Wait, don't go.